Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. You know, every now and again, we come up against situations in our lives that really throw us for a loop and leave us wondering, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to handle this? What, what is the right course of action? Uh, how, do, how do I have these conversations? Do I have these conversations? Uh, where do I, who do I talk to for advice? Who do I not talk to? How do I handle this situation? What should I even be looking into? What should I be trying to fix? What should I be leaving alone? All, all those questions. You just have dozens of questions coming up. As you're trying to navigate these these messy, hard situations that every now and again come up in our lives, and I've been I've been dealing with some some touchy subjects and touchy situations for a, a little while now, and trying to figure out how do I navigate this? How what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to handle this? Who am I supposed to talk to? Who am I not, not supposed to talk to? All those same questions, and a lot of times I end up in this place where I feel like okay, I can walk down this path and go with what I'm feeling and what I really want to do. But then I see uh, it's not exactly it's not exactly what Jesus did. Or I see I see this scenario that would be really satisfying, something that would make me feel really good, make me feel vindicated like I I, I was righteous. Uh, may even justify me. It may even be an action that is completely justifiable um, and that totally reasonable, totally justifiable. Uh, I could explain it and be totally right in it. But it's not what God is calling me to do. And sometimes I end up in this spot where I'm torn between what God is saying and what God has clearly laid out as the right course of action and the things that should be done and what I really want to do or feel like doing. And I end up in the spot where I gotta figure out, okay, what am I actually, what am I actually going to do? And if there, is there anything actually wrong with the other option? Well, if we go back to the book of Numbers, uh, we looked at the book of Numbers last week, and if we go back to the book of Numbers, we see that the Israelites dealt with these questions and these choices too, and they dealt with them a lot, and we have a number of examples in the book of Numbers uh, as they're going through this journey. And actually, after they had made it to the promised land, and they had rebelled and turned against the leaders and they didn't end up taking the promised land and they were sent into the desert for 40 years. We see a, a number of really messy situations come up. Uh, Moses is leading them. Uh, he's trying to trying to be a good leader and he's trying to honor God and follow what God is saying. And they end up in this place where at one point uh, this man named Korah uh, gets a bunch of people and they, together and they rebel against Moses and they basically say, Moses, 
You're a horrible leader. You're a horrible person. You're doing it all wrong. You've made these bad judgments. You've made these bad calls. You're not doing a good job with it. We're pretty sure that we can take over. We're pretty sure that we can do a better job. We're pretty sure that we should be in charge. And Moses kind of takes it and they they go through some discussions and Korah and his his group of people that are with him are really mad and angry. And basically the story ends by they're all together in one place and God opens up the earth, swallows them and their families whole, and then that's it. They're gone. The rebellion is done. There's another story um, where, and that, that story was in Numbers chapter 16. Uh, in Numbers 17, uh, we see this situation where uh, they're trying to figure out whether or not Aaron, uh, Aaron should be the priest and if he's righteous and is able to do all these things. And so uh, God says, uh, take, take a staff from each of the tribes, uh, put, them in, put them into this box and, and next morning we'll see uh, which one of them has has started to to bud or, or sprout and which which of these sticks has started to grow and these are like walking sticks and uh, the one that that starts to grow is the one that I've chosen to lead my people and to to be the priest and and so they have these 12 sticks in there and then they they go and they leave them until the next day and they go and they open up the box and they see that the 12 sticks are there but one of them Aaron's has not only started to grow but it started to sprout and there are actually almonds growing on this stick on this walking stick and this is this obvious over the top all it had to do was start growing and this was like beyond that over the top statement no I am with Aaron, Aaron is doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's my chosen guy. We go a little bit further. We get to Numbers chapter 21. And we have this situation where the people are complaining. They're rebelling. They're arguing. They're, they're going on about how, how horrible the food is in the desert. And how much they hate what, what, what God has done and what Moses has done. And... They're complaining about this, and God sends these snakes there. And these snakes go around, and they're, they're biting people, and they're venomous, and these people are dying and dying and dying. And then, and there's nothing the people can do about it. There's nothing. There's no way to stop these snakes, and there's no way to, to, to cure or to go against the venom. Once they're bit, they're done. And then God has mercy on them. And he says, Moses, go, take some bronze, bend it into the shape of a, of a, of a snake, put it on a, on a pole, raise it up, and tell the people that anyone that gets bitten by the snake, tell them to look at that bronze snake, and they will be healed. And he does it, and that's what he does. And the people, when they, when they get bitten, they look to that, and they're healed. And then we have another situation where uh, there's this man named uh, Balaam who is hired by another, another group of people. He's hired by this other group to, to curse the Israelites. And he, he gets hired to curse them and he goes and he goes to curse them and then God gives him this other word and he ends up blessing them. 
And then he does it again. He goes to curse him, and then God gives him another word, and he ends up blessing them. And he does it again, and he goes to curse him, and the, the guy that hired him is getting really mad at this point and saying, I hired you to curse him. And Balaam's like, well, I can only do, I can only say what God has given me to say. And then Balaam blesses him. But then when you follow down his story, you're like, oh man, yeah, Balaam was following God. Uh, sort of. He couldn't, he couldn't pronounce the curse. But we find out later on that Balaam still wasn't following God and he was still against the Israelites in his heart. And he ends up being killed. And we have these stories and we have more stories in, in the book of Numbers about how these people are, they have these decisions to make. They have these choices. They have whether or not they're going to follow God or they're going to go with their, with their emotions or what they want. And I think what we, we learn from all these stories, what we can boil these stories down to, is that if you follow God, nothing can stop you. But if you go against God, nothing can save you except for God. Balaam wanted to curse but he couldn't. He couldn't get in the way. God was for the Israelites, and, and Balaam couldn't get in the way of that. They wanted to get rid of Moses. But Moses was following God, and they couldn't get rid of him. They couldn't get rid of Aaron. God made a way and said, no, this is my chosen path for them. This is where they're going. They are following me, and I'm going to make sure that they have the support and the resources they need to get where I'm sending them. And when they have rebelled and they're being bitten by snakes, they were hopeless except for the mercy of God. And they had rebelled against God. And the only way to be saved was through the mercy and the grace of God. There was nothing else. There's no other way. You look at the, the rebels, Korah and his, and his rebellion. Nothing could have saved them from what came next. And so we're left with this, this statement and it's a big statement. It's a hard statement. That if you follow God, nothing can stop you. But if you are against God, nothing can save you. Except for the mercy of God. I understand that we're not living in a desert. and We're not, we're not in the time of the Israelites where they're in the desert and going through all this and seeing all these things happen around us. But we do face these decisions all the time and we do see this happen. When we as a church embrace what God is calling us to be and to do and he's, we, we go through the, the changes and take the steps of faith and, and steps of boldness to reach the people that we aren't reaching yet. To reach the people that need us. Not to just save, save the people that we have. But to go out into the community and make a difference there. And to reach them and give them the gospel and bring them into the fold. When we start doing that, we find that even though we're taking these big, expensive, risky steps. That God provides. God blesses. Even though there are snowstorms and a pandemic, we're still here. And the bills are still paid. We see this in jobs and, and in schooling. When, when you make the decision to pursue, to pursue what God has called you to do. And not pursue money or, or fame or success. 
but to pursue what God is calling you to do, maybe maybe to the chagrin of, of people around you and, and to what everybody in your culture thinks would be a good, meaningful career. You do what God calls you to do, and you find incredible fulfillment and purpose. You're actually happy with your life. We see this, we see this in relationships. When we decide to look at the people around us, and not just the people we like, but we look at our enemies. And you know, uh, enemies are kind of a hard word. Well, the people that you don't like, the people you don't get along with, the people that are hard to deal with and that you really don't want in your life anymore. And you will look at those people. And you, you decide to treat them with selflessness and grace, the benefit of the doubt. You go out of your way to sacrifice for them, to serve them, to honor them, and to love them. We see that God sustains you, sustains us, often vindicates or shows that you're, you're right, brings you honor, and sometimes does these crazy things like redeems, fixes relationships and, and takes them from intentionally bad to miraculously good. We see this we see this with our money. Where God calls us to give, to either tithe or, or to give beyond that sacrificially to a missionary or uh, to a need or, or a neighbor who's without groceries or, or, or people that are just down and out on their luck or, or whatever it is. And we decide to, to live simply and not have all the gadgets and not all the toys and not the big house and, and instead have more money to give away and to use to serve people. And God, God provides. And we find that we're not in need. If we, if we follow God, nothing can stop us. But we also see it when we go against God. And that when we turn against God, nothing we can do can save us. We see that with church. When we start to make church all about us, all about the people that we have in our building and how everything is about what we like, what we want, and what is going to make us happy, what's going to give us the best experience, with the songs that we like, the, the ministries that are, are helpful to us, the, the, the format that is comfortable for us, the programs that we have come to really enjoy. And it's all about making the people that we have happy instead of reaching the lost. And we watch, we watch churches die, become useless, and then close. We see this, we see this in, in jobs and when you're at school, when you decide that you're going to start cheating people, when you're going to start uh, playing dirty tricks and going behind people's backs and, and, and stepping on people to get ahead, when, when you're looking to, to build your life and your job and your schooling and your education on power and status, and you just find that there's failure after failure, 
you're making enemies, and then you are left with this regret. And I don't just mean like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. I mean like this deep, sickening regret that eats away at you, that leaves you, leaves you searching for anything to just dull the pain, whether that's drinking or drugs or porn or, or whatever it is, more money, more cars, more entertainment, just to regain some feeling. You find it in relationships. We start to be selfish and we just want to justify ourselves and use others and build walls and cut people out and, 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 and just push everyone away or manipulate them to get the life that we want. Don't let anyone get in our way uh, or in the way of our dreams. And we find loneliness and emptiness and this constant uneasiness, this uh, lack of safety because you don't know who's, who's te whose side anybody's on, when they're on, and you just feel alone and constantly on edge. We see this with money. When we give in to greed and obsession, then we start to think that money is the solution. Money is the God that will provide, that will make the way, that if we had a little bit more money, we'd be happy. If we had a little bit of money, I wouldn't be stressed. If I had a little bit of money, I wouldn't be depressed. If I had a little bit more money, I could finally be happy. I could find the things that I want to do. I could actually go the places I want to go, and I can actually have the people in my life that I want to have, and I would finally be fulfilled. And then we find that we're just, we're, it, there's never enough. There's never enough money. And we're obsessed with it and we're consumed by it and we're always in need of it. We need more of it. And we're just going after it more and more, hungry for more and more and never satisfied and never happy. And we end up losing everyone and everything that is really meaningful in our lives. If we follow God, nothing can stop us. But if we go against God, nothing we can do can save us. Only God can. It's a, a little bit, it's a little bit like um, when you go on a road trip. If you go on a road trip uh, and you just go, and you don't go with CAA. And you get out there and you run into problems, you run into obstacles, traffic jams, flat tires, out of gas, battery issues, maybe a, a fender bender, whatever it is, and you're there and you're in that place and you don't have CAA, you're on your own. You gotta figure it out. And you might not be able to figure it out. You're stuck. But if you go with CAA, not a sponsor yet. Um, you go with CAA, you get a flat tire, you call them. They're there, you got it, you're on your way. You run out of gas, you call them, they're there, you get it, you're on your way. You're in a fender bender. You call them, they got it, you're on your way. It's all taken care of. And that's, I mean, that's simple and it's silly and slightly ridiculous and not exactly the same as what we're talking about. But there, it's that difference that if you're going with God, you have that protection. 
you have that backup, not just a backup, you have that support, you have someone making the way, clearing the traffic, providing exactly what you need, and guarantees that you're going to get where you need to be because you're going where he wants you to be. But if you don't go with God, there are guaranteed obstacles that are going to be in the way. And you won't be able to handle them on your own. Partially because that's the, how the world works and partially because if you're against God, then at some point you're going to run up against what God wants to do and you're going to be going against it. And you're not going to win that fight. If you're following God, nothing can stop you. But if you're against God, nothing you do can save you but the grace of God. So, what do we do with this? Well, number one, basic, real simple, choose to go with God. Make that decision right now. Maybe you've never decided to follow God in your life. Maybe you have, and, and you're just on this, in this place where you're trying to figure out what, what, is, what is the path. You've got to make that decision. You've got to make that decision now to choose to follow God wherever it is that He leads. And, and there are lots of details on what that looks like and how you live that out. But it does boil down to a simple decision in your heart and in your mind where you say, no, whatever it is that God is calling me to do, whatever he's calling me to be, I'm going to follow him there. And making that decision. And you've got to make that decision. Because you're not going to do it by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. You have to decide whether or not you're going to follow God. And so I encourage you to follow God. The second thing is you got to dig into your Bible and you got to surround yourself with people that are following God too. Now you got to dig into the Bible to be able to see what God values and what He doesn't value, what He wants, what He doesn't want, the things that He commands, the things that He commands us to avoid. And you got to have an idea of who God is and what He's calling us to do and Compare your life to the basic outline and values of His Word that we have in the Bible. And so basically, if, if you feel like God is calling you uh, to go and just abuse people, wrong. That's not, that's not lining up with what God says in the Bible. That's not what He's saying to you. That is not what, no, that isn't going against not, not going, not following Him. Um, and so you've got to then do your homework and study and figure out, okay, what does God value and where should I be going? And then you also need to surround yourself with people that follow God and that know the Word of God because then they can give you guidance and point things out and help you discern that. That's a word, discern, is to, to figure out right and wrong. And then, once you've decided to follow God and you've figured out... A, how, where you should be going and have an idea of what he says and, and you're re getting a better idea of what you should do in specific situations. Then you're left at this crossroads. Then you're at the crossroads. And you've either got to look at your life and say, all right, I am on the right path. I have been following God in these areas of my life. And you've got to just, you just got to, to dig in and continue along that path. You've got to make that decision that you're going to keep going regardless of the risk or the fears or the concerns because God is going to provide and make a way for this to work. Because if you're following God, nothing can stop you.
or you're going to find that you haven't been following God. That you've actually been working against God, avoiding Him. And at that point, you've got to make the decision to repent. To decide that you were doing it wrong. To confess it to God, maybe confess it to other people, depending on the situation. And decide that you're going to live differently. You're going to do things differently. You're going to turn from that old way and you're going to start following God His way. And get back on the path or get on the path for the first time even and follow Him. And when you do that, you are entering into this place where you are opening yourself to the grace and the mercy of God because you cannot fix the situation. You cannot save yourself on your own. The only thing that can is the grace and mercy of God. We see that in these stories. We see them with the, the snakes. That the only way that those people were saved was by the initiative of God. And He has made that way through His Son, Jesus, the Christ, the Savior. And if you're in that spot and you've been working against Him, you can't fix this on your own. But if you confess your sins and turn to Him, He will forgive your sins and He will make a way and when you start following God, nothing can stop you. But if we decide to go against God or continue to go against God, we need to realize that nothing we do can save us except for the mercy of God. So I encourage you, decide to follow Him. Figure out the path. Follow and then make that crossroads decision to go the hard route, follow him, and go with CA. Uh, go with God. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down to earth people following Jesus in down to earth ways. Mm-hmm.